This podcast features adults using adult language, but you know, you got to grow up sometime. Hey everyone, you know what it's time for? Swans Crossing! didn't i was still like scrambling last night i was like shit i gotta get the episode watched because like i'm in the middle of a proposal for a new book and my my agent was like can you get me the first three chapters by tomorrow morning and i was like yes and then last night i realized that tomorrow morning uh happens like it's it ceases to be morning a lot sooner in toronto where my agent lives (laughs) than it does here so i was like ah i'm running out of time So I had to watch the episode late last night, and then this morning I was up at five finishing up my chapters to send her. No, Yeah, but anyway, that's out of the way, so now I just sit around and wait for someone to buy my book, and God knows if that'll happen. Right. How 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 are sales of the most recently released one? Eh, they could be better. Are we recording right now? We are recording. Okay, great. They could be better, so all 29 of you listening to this, please go buy my book, The Prophet's Wife. I need to pay for a new roof on my house, and uh, (laughs) this is my only source of income. If only I were a rich person like someone from Swan's Crossing, I would be much better off. I think we all would be. We all would be. Indeed, and this has got to grow up sometime, a Swan's Crossing retrospective. I'm Libby Grant, starving artist. I'm Nathan Kessler Jeffrey, also starving artist. Please feed us. (laughs) We watched episode 37. Oh my gosh. It was an action-packed episode. There's a lot happening. There's a lot to unpack here. Yes. Very excited about it. Excellent. Most notably, there is no thumbnail. Oh, that's right. There is no thumbnail. There's no thumbnail to talk about on shoutfactory.tv. It is an error message. Yeah. In the thumbnail slot. I'm very upset. I'm upset too. I like to think the thumbnail would be something having to do with Saja, because we got a lot of Saja in this episode. Oh, so good. Anything would be a welcome break from the long march of Sydney looking perturbed (laughs) in the thumbnail that we've experienced over the last several episodes. Yeah, we have had an excess of Sydney's perturbation for sure. Let's go over your predictions from episode 36. Please. You predicted that Sydney would try to go along with the plan to get Mila interested in Garrett again. That was correct. You predicted that Owen would rage quit and leave Mila's house. Sadly, that one was not exactly correct. He left Mila's house, yep. but it, it was more of a derp quit than a rage quit. It was definitely a derp quit, and it does does lead to one of my favorite moments of the episode. Mine too. You predicted Callie and Glory would be in Glory's bedroom being cute and girly, and that Glory would not understand Callie's obsessions. I would say that was all right on. You predicted the Baldy would be soaking wet and on a phone call with other Baldies. I don't think the Baldy was soaking wet. I don't think so. But he was swathed in oceanic detritus. <laughs> and he was on a phone call with other Baldies, so I feel like you kind of nailed that one, too. Yeah, all right. I'll take it. I'll take uh, swathed in oceanic detritus. <laughs> that, because we... not only could I not have predicted that, I could not have said that. <laughs> we might already have found the title for this episode. We'll swathed see. Swathed in oceanic detritus. <laughs> 
Uh, you predicted Garrett would have some kind of contract with Sydney to push her harder, like they would meet up or something. I would argue that this is kind of correct too, because they're still at the Swans Club, but he does push her harder. Yeah, so. he does. He does. I, I, I still think that's coming. I, I had thought that that we would not really see much more of them at the Swans Club, and that there would be a scene later. But no, sadly no. Still, it was a, it was a pretty solid yeah. prediction as far as predictions go. And finally. You predicted that Billy Gunn would not appear in this episode, and you were correct about that. So this was almost 100% for you. I think this is still the night of the Nudebronk benefit. Well, I mean, technically, I think it's the morning after, because I think this has to be like at least 1 a.m. that all this crazy I shit is happening. I don't understand how any of this... I mean, I don't know if you've been around our town at any time later than like 9 o'clock. It is ghostly quiet. <laughs> Literally nothing is happening. There are two there are two bars that are still open at like 10 p.m. Yeah, nothing happens until 2 a.m. when drunk people start driving home from those bars. Like we always have drunk drivers at 2 a.m. That's how someone crashed into my house. Thank you very much. You would think that the cops would know at this point. I think they do know and they just don't care. Ah, small town coppery. Anyway, we open on Callie and Glory arriving in Glory's bedroom. Glory says it's just a typical average American bedroom, but I call no way because it's bigger than most studio apartments I've ever had. <laughs> it is also covered in more floral print than your average rose garden. <laughs> Callie loves it, though. She's, like, into it. She's spent her whole life on a submarine, so she's stoked to be in, like, a house on dry land. It is funny to me that Glory notes that she has lived in this room, like, her entire life. She was a baby in this room. Her crib was in this room. Like, can you imagine having a nursery that size for a child? It that is ridiculous. humongous. But I guess this is a rich people thing. Yeah, I guess so. Kelly notices and, and grabs the uh, headshot of JT in the frame on Glory's bookshelf. It is humongous. It is so big. <laughs> it is. And it really is like that actor's like acting headshot. That's what that is. Yeah, and I think... Uh, Callie says he's got a cute smile, but if I remember correctly, he's not actually smiling. It's like a serious headshot where he's like, here I am. I'm JT guy. Tom, I can't remember his last name. Tom Holland? Tom something. Tom, Tom. Tom Holland is Spider-Man. Oh, that's right. It's not Tom Holland because he's not Spider-Man. I don't, I don't It's not Tom either. Collins. That's a drink. It's not Tom Wilkinson. <laughs> It's Tom, though. We know it's Tom. Okay, great. Okay. Excellent. Anyway, uh, Glory begins showing off all the stuffed animals JT has ever given her, uh, and she asks if she thinks, if, if Callie thinks stuffed animals are childish, but Callie wishes she had some, but she can't have any on the sub because it gets too damp. Nobody <laughs> likes damp stuffed animals except my dog. <laughs> <laughs> After this, uh, we cut back to the pool. Sydney says that she can't do it. She's like looking at the phone still with Mila Rosnowski on the other end. Uh, she puts the phone up to her ear. Mila's trying to talk to her. Sydney says nothing, just stares into the middle distance, uh, and the camera zooms in on her for an extreme close-up, and we cut to... The docks, where Saja is dressed like a really-for-real no-shit ninja. Like, head-to-toe black with, like, a black balaclava thing, like, pulled up so you just see his eyes, and he's running around yelling for Callie. It is unbelievable. It's so good. And as as he is like fingering the little like flag railing of the dock, 
He says, she seems to have disappeared into the cosmic framework. And as he is pondering how strange this is, Saja rests his hand on a post, which turns out to be the head of the Baldi that Captain Walker knocked into the water. Yes. The Baldi chases Saja off the dock and into the darkness, and we cut to the theme song. Oh, it's great. Now, there is so much to unpack here. <laughs> Indeed, there is. First of all, I miss the Baldi's Captain hat. That was probably my favorite Baldi outfit so far, other than the bird's nest. Secondly, why is Ka- and why is Saja in a ninja outfit? <laughs> what is this? Is he Swan's Crossing Batman? Ah! <laughs> is he Swan Man? Swan Man! Oh my god! That might be the title of our episode. That might be. Do you think, like, if... Indeed, he is Swan Man. Would he have increasingly gritty and dark origin story films made oh, about him, where it just absolutely. gets it just gets worse and worse? Where like we see how tormented Saja always felt by his sister, like making his toys into paperweights for a desk that she doesn't even have and, and stuff. Constantly leaving him at parties. Oh my God! It, yeah. It's the his dark origins. Yeah, and when somebody when when he's in Swan Man costume and somebody asks him who he is. He goes, I'm privileged. Oh, we salute you, Swan Man. Yeah, there is much to unpack here. The Baldi appears to be sleeping against a post when Saja first, like, inadvertently molests his head. Why is he sleeping? Who climbs out of frigid water and then just goes, well, it's time to go to sleep. Right here is fine. Thank thank goodness it's summer and I don't have hypothermia. It's ridiculous. Like, I don't know how cold the water of the uh, eastern seaboard is, but here, you would definitely die, even in oh, summer. yeah, you definitely want to get out of the water and into something warm immediately, because it is frigid in the yeah. Pacific Northwest. If you fall into the water here, and then you just climb out and go to sleep, you're just a dead man. Yeah, like, it's you, over. If you fall into the water in the Pacific Northwest, it is a survival situation it immediately. Is. It is. Um, also, another thing that we need to unpack is that as Saja freaks out after uncovering that it is the Baldi, I don't know if you caught his exclamation right before he runs off, but it is Kung Pao. Okay. Yeah. I rewound that several times to try to figure out what he was saying, and nothing that I came up with could equate to how disappointed I am in finding that out. Probably nothing that you came up with was right because you weren't thinking racistly enough. <laughs> And that is progress. <laughs> yes. Ah, the 90s. Well, we get the theme song, and then we're back to another shot of Saja and it, his... It is the long version of the theme song. It is, yes. The, Our, full, the, the full Monty. The full, the full explosion at the end, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and then we're back to Saja in his ninja outfit, running through the darkened streets of Swan's Crossing like the old scratches on his tail. The Baldy is wrapped in those those flags from the dock, takes a hard spill, then another, then there's a late night jogger <laughs> that Saja runs into and then the Baldy runs into. I think she calls him a Baldy. She does, but there's this great moment where Saja passes the late night lady jogger who has some tight jogging shorts on. He pauses to look at her butt while a gong sounds, and then he runs on again. Which is the first of several gongs. Yes. There are a lot of gongs in this episode. Oh, there are. The baldy comes around the corner, and yeah, he collides with the jogger, and she calls him a baldy, which I like. Which is maybe where we got the name for these guys. Maybe so. It's the first time anyone's called them anything. So we cut back to Glory's room, where Callie continues to just wander around touching all of Glory's stuff without asking. And this time it's Glory's first pair of 
of toe shoes. She goes, Glory goes on to explain that she's been dancing since she was two, and those are her first toe shoes. Those toe shoes are A, far too big for a two-year-old, two and B, too clean to be toe shoes that have seen any use. For sure. Also, I'm pretty sure you're not actually allowed to do toe in ballet till you're like 13 or 14 years old. Like you have to work up to it because it'll fuck your feet up right. real bad. Yeah. So yeah, definitely she was not toe dancing when she was a wee child. But you know, it's Swan's Crossing. We don't have things like fact checkers okay. <laughs> on the staff. Cool. Um, she uh, mentions that she got into dancing because she was hypnotized by the Nutcracker, which her parents took her to. She refused to leave the theater until they bought her a Nutcracker, which she then pulls out to show to Callie. This is definitely a rich people thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Throwing a tantrum until you're bought a specific toy, that is a rich people thing. For sure. Yeah. Um, it should also be noted that Glory keeps her precious Nutcracker doll in a locked case under her bed. I don't know why. Why not, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, those. I don't know if you've ever bought a Nutcracker, but those things are expensive. Yeah, they are. Holy shnikes. They are. So Glory and Callie start making all these cute plans to go to dance lessons together and go on sub trips together. And now they're like real best friends forever. Yay, it's, it's cute. It's really cute, actually. Yeah. One of my favorite moments of this scene is where Callie demonstrates some of the world dances that she has seen in other parts of the world while on her sub trips, which are, um, I'm gonna say problematic to say the least. <laughs> Yeah, this is a this is an episode that goes pretty hard on all the various Asian stereotypes. Yeah, it's, we're really hitting them all. It's bad. It's bad. No nation anywhere on the Asian continent is safe. They're exchanging like Callie's gonna go with Gloria to dance. Gloria's gonna go on a sub trip. Those things are not <laughs> even. No. Um, Glory grabs some shells and throws them on Callie's mattress. <laughs> And is like, I've always wanted to see where these came from. She throws them on the mattress and goes, now you're going to feel right at home. You know, with shells in your bed. Right? No one wants to sleep with seashells on your mattress. What the no. hell, Glory? But Callie declares that she does feel at home for the first time since coming to Swan's Crossing. But she does feel a little bit exposed with the bedroom window right there. So she asks to pull down the shade. And there is mm. Fabian! Fabian, <laughs> Just leering at us with his huge, giant, black and white head. When Callie is asking about what Fabian is doing here, Glory quickly changes the subject and asks if she wants cookies and lemonade on the porch. Okay, cookies and lemonade as a combination are disgusting. Yes. Just there's nothing worse than tart lemonade with chocolate chip cookies. It's so gross. Well, fortunately, when we get to the lemonade scene, it's not actually lemonade. That's but true. Still. <laughs> that is so true. Still, it is gross. Um, I find it really strange, too, in this scene. Like, why does Glory hesitate to tell Callie that the Fabian shade is Garrett's weird manipulation tactic that he uses on Sydney? Like, why does that matter? Because Glory is constantly defending her brother for no reason. For some reason, she feels obligated to this psychopath that lives in the same house as her. It's just so strange. We cut to another darkened street-like scene where Saja pauses, looks around dramatically, then does a rad forward roll into the bushes. And as he does so, he disturbs the whole swath of grass so it moves with him like a rug because it is, in fact, a, a rug. rug. This is a barrel roll that would make James T. Kirk proud. <laughs> that he just, like, shoots off into the bushes. Oh, um, yeah. The baldy loses him in the dark 
and then goes running off in a different direction. While Saja watches him from among the fake oleanders. <laughs> we cut back to Sydney and Garrett at the pool. Uh, Sydney promises Mila that she's going to be right over as Mila explains that she has great news about Billy Gunn. After she hangs up, knowing how Mila feels about Billy Gunn, Sydney is adamant that Garrett let her off the hook on this because it is not going to happen. She is not going to be able to make Mila fall for Garrett again. Yeah, but Garrett's like, well, you'll find a way if you know what's good for her, for you, whatever. I'm reading from my notes. (laughs) They argue for a bit about whether it's even possible to get Mila, like, unhung up on Billy. Sydney's like, it is not gonna happen. He says to Sydney, when you put your mind to something, not even a wall can stand in your way. <laughs> and then he adds, personal, personal experience. experience. <laughs> to which Sydney responds, a stone wall in no man's land is, lo- is easy. Love isn't. Personal, personal experience. experience. <laughs> <laughs> this is such great soap opera dialogue. I love it. And, and this does, for a moment, seem to catch Garrett off guard before he scoots her out of the, the Swans Club. Yeah, because Sydney actually brought up the L word. The we're L we're word. talking love here, not just like. Holy shenanigans. Oh, this is a big deal. So before she goes, though, Sydney wants to make sure that if she gets Mila to like Garrett again, they'll call it even. And Garrett snarls, as even as it ever gets with us. Oh my gosh. We cut to commercial. And then back to Barrack in the tool and die. On the table in front of him is an oil can, copper wire, a glass bottle, pipes, and he's got something in his mouth. He is still wearing his outfit from the Benefit concert, so he's got his black shirt and tie on. We see a form moving across the glass windows behind him as he screws a wire into this thing that he's working on. Saja peers from around the door of the tool and die, which is open, like <laughs> wide open. So open. Beric sees him, freaks out, chases him off, and Saja goes running down the street. Suddenly, Jimmy is there. <laughs> right, Jimmy comes like skidding out of the shop and says, Oh, it was Saja, which like, also, I love that Beric yells, Stop! Who are you? And then my notes just say, Oh, Beric. A ninja never tells. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember being very into ninjas in the 90s? I went through a very serious ninja phase. Well, I mean, I remember like super early 90s. I thought Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were cool. Right. So, okay. but that was like, that was as ninja-y as I got. I wasn't okay. into ninjas in other contexts. It's cool. Yeah. I, I was very into Super nin- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But also that sort of, like, carried over into, like, in school, I was, like, very into, like, studying Japanese culture and reading up on samurai and ninjas and that kind of thing. And it was... I mean, it's cool shit. Samurai and ninjas and Japanese culture are all pretty awesome, so I can't blame you. Indeed. Um, But Jimmy, despite the incredible ninja disguise, Jimmy immediately knows it's Saja because, honestly, who else in this town is going to run around dressed like a ninja? We cut back to the baldy who is walking down a flower-lined street lit by the glow of the moon and a warm set of street lamps. (laughs) Sydney stalks past him, looks at him as the serial killer music plays, then stomps right on by. The baldy turns, looks after her. His suspicions or interest appear to have been piqued. Ew. Ew. <laughs> Ew. Ew, baldy. Uh, someone needs to drop him in the drink again to cool him off. Also, in my notes, I have at this point, it has to be 1 a.m. by now. 
why is Sydney walking through the streets at 1 a.m.? I mean, we know she's trying to get to Mila's house, but it's 1 a.m. Come on, this yep. can wait till tomorrow. Yep. And why the fuck is Jimmy at the Tool and Die? Right? Especially if Beric is working on his top secret project. Yeah. What is happening? I don't think I want to know. Given given Beric's creepy behavior toward his teenage employees, we probably don't want to know. We cut to Glory's house again, where she has a whole ass pitcher of water with a bunch of sliced lemons floating around in it. That is not lemonade. Nope. <laughs> it's horrible. It looks terrible. And fortunately, I don't think any, either of them drink it. Probably like weird, tepid flat, and I bet those lemons were fake anyway. Um, she also has a giant plate of cookies on a tray, which made me want cookies real bad when I was watching this. <laughs> were you were you high again? I was not this time. Oh, that's I sad. will have you know. Uh, Glory finds another cotton ball on the porch. Callie thinks it might be a bird building a home. And they talk about what home means to them. Ugh. It's tedious. Yeah. Uh, but then they do kind of lapse into fun, cute girl talk for a while. And it should be noted that all of Glory's stuffed animals are arrayed on the wicker furniture behind them while she and Callie sit on the ground, like on the porch itself. I, I- the animal, I, for, oh my gosh, this bothered me so much that they have apparently brought all of the animals. I mean, that is essentially the storytelling that's happening here. Sometime between the last time that we saw them and the time that they walk out onto the porch with the lemonade and cookies at 1 a.m., they have brought down every single stuffed animal out of Glory's room to be a part of this. <laughs> what is going on? Why are Glory's parents allowing this? Why aren't they like, go to bed? Go to bed, you <laughs> It's 1 a.m. What the fuck are you doing with your stuffed animals on the porch? Just as Callie remarks with a happy sigh that it's a quieter, simpler world up on land, Saja gives a karate yell and comes hurtling through a bamboo shade and just knocks the lemon water and cookies all to hell. Oh, and there's another gong. Glory immediately knows it's him and says, Saja, and he pulls his mask down and says, Lord of the Warriors. (laughs) Slick Saja. Great Saja moment. Oh. We cut to commercial, and we come back to Mila's room as Sydney gets off the elevator. She declares it's the worst night of her life because she just got stuck in the elevator for 10 minutes. 10 minutes. And apparently it's because Owen has been goofing with the buttons. I love that there's only one way to get in and out of Mila's room, and it is the elevator. Right! Is there no stairway anywhere? Like, honestly. I, I mean... mean in an emergency? Yeah. You take that elevator downstairs? Right. Probably. If there's a house fire, come on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's better than the studio where there is no door. <laughs> People just appear in it. That's true. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, Sydney angrily pushes Owen into the elevator and sends him on his way as Mila thanks him for bringing over the tape, to which Owen yells desperately as the doors close on him, but I didn't get to listen to it! <laughs> so good! <laughs> Oh, Owen. so good. Owen just gets shat on at the level of Sandy Swan throughout this whole series. Well, as soon as he's gone, Mila grabs Sydney by the arm and just, like, hauls her across the room, declaring that she is in love. She's in love. Oh, my. She uses the L word. Ugh. Billy Gunn called her, and she's over the moon with this whole very troubling situation. And And it's all because of Sydney. Yeah. Sydney has done this. She's so grateful. It's all Sydney. And Sydney has this horrified look on her face. Mila starts to give like a play-by-play of what happened when Billy called her. And she says, oh, I started saying all this stupid stuff about snails and benefits. And Sydney goes, really stupid? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. She goes over that he's coming here. And uh, without Sydney's advice, she never would have had the nerve to say yes. 
Too Ugh. God. Sydney, you deserve to be locked up. <laughs> it gets worse. Oh, jeez. Hashtag it gets worse. <laughs> Sydney jumps up mortified at the news that Billy Gunn is actually coming to town in two days. And Mila says, oh, we have to come up with a plan for how she can meet Billy without her mom finding out. And Sydney's the only one who can help her. This is a classic, like, this is my favorite actual uh, trope from the TV series 24. <laughs> is people saying, I'm the only one who can help you. It is great. She announces again that she's in love and Sydney slowly sinks down on a chair while a lagubrious Casio plays. A <laughs> lagubrious Casio. You and your vocab. I love it. <laughs> Cut over to the booth porch. Saja is complaining about the night of the Great Mamba Jamba, which is apparently this night. I assume I assume the Great Mamba Jamba is someone off stage with a gong. <laughs> That's now my headcanon for what the Great Mama Jamba is. I accept this proposal. Um, uh, he claims that there were explosions on the Great of the Night Mamba Jamba. I call no way. There have been no explosions since episode six. He needs to talk to Callie, and he's trying to get rid of Glory. And it says, I would, I will gladly give my whole being, body and soul, to cleaning up this porch if I could please have a few words alone with Callie. <laughs> When they're alone, Saja tells Callie all kinds of new age weirdness about the night, and Callie brusquely says to start over and use regular English without any cosmic talk. I love Stacey Mosley's stink eye through <laughs> this whole speech is just glorious. It's fantastic. He decided that he was going to do a little something. I couldn't understand the word that he used when he started on this. Anyway, went to the docks to see if she wanted to come with him, and he says... Your sub was gone. I decided to wait a while when I discovered a, I was leaning up against a guy pretending to be a dock post. Then he gets all into it. He talks about how he was running through the night, all like the coolest dude in the world. Uh, and he says he went to the tool and die, thinking Callie might be there. And he tells Callie, he caught Barrick red-handed. And she says, doing what? Which is the lo logical next question. Right. Saja has no idea. He's like, obviously something he shouldn't have been doing. <laughs> I don't know how he figures that. I mean, yeah, Barrett came running out of the of the shop at him. But also, he's dressed as a ninja and he was like peeking around the corner at him. I'd chase someone like that off too, even if I was just sitting there reading a book or smoking a joint or something. A thousand percent. <laughs> you don't get peeped on in your own space by people wearing masks without getting upset. After telling her all of this, Saja bows to her and says, I have served you well, haven't I? And we get our third gong from the great Mamba Jamba off camera. Thank you, Mamba Jamba, for that. Uh, just before Callie makes him go back over the story one more time, we cut to the baldy, who's on a cell phone with a huge antenna, talking to someone whom he says he shouldn't be contacting. I assume it's just another baldy, because that's the only person he ever calls. Yeah, I, I know only one thing right now. He is a very fast runner. <laughs> yes, he says there's a new agent in Swan's Crossing. So yes. I guess they think Saja is some sort of super secret agent. Yeah, apparently. Which, I mean, props to Saja. He did run very fast. He did. Uh, except for that time when he stopped to look at the jogger's butt. Well, yeah. Well, as the baldy continues to talk to this mysterious person on the phone, we get a cross cut of Glory sound asleep in her bed with the lights on. And he promises... That the Baldies will get to the girl before the ninja does. And we freeze frame and roll credit. Oh, so tense. Oh my gosh. Wow, what an episode. We had two new fake swans. 
there was the uh, swan in the credits, and then also uh, Mila's bed swan. That brings our running count to four imaginary swans, 24 actual swans, and we are finally over the 100 mark with 101 other Swans. Incredible. Who was our psychopath of the week? I, I, I think Saja's really making a play for it here, Mr. Run around the town in a ninja outfit at 1 a.m. Yeah, I have to agree. That's a little weird. That's generous. <laughs> it's more than a little weird. <laughs> I think this is Saja's first time on the board for Psychopath of the Week. Uh, yeah, which is impressive. It just goes to show how psycho... How psychotic the rest of the cast is yeah for sure uh what are your predictions all right next episode we will get more uh glory and Callie bonding uh i don't think i think we're probably gonna get a little bit more of like saja and Callie on the porch with uh because we're gonna need to recap what happened in this episode at the start of next episode so we're going to get a little bit more of that. I think we're going to get a little more Barrick, Callie, Jimmy next episode. Because it's been a while since we've had a heavy episode with them. I think Mila and Sydney are going to go over the plan of how Mila is going to meet Billy Gunn. And Sydney is going to try and figure out how she is going to work this to change, like essentially, like swap out Billy Gunn for Garrett. Uh, she's not going to be able to figure it out. She's gonna. This is where we're going to get the scene where Garrett has to put the thumb screws to her about um, the plan. I don't think we're going to get a ton of uh, Neil and JT next episode. I feel like that is sort of like played out for the moment. I don't think we're going to get a lot of Gronies next episode. I hate that I've started calling them that. <laughs> And I think we, do, we don't get any Captain Walker next episode. That's all I've got. All right. That's all I've got. Well, uh, I'm excited to see how the next one plays out. We're ramping up to another big event. Right. I well, won't tell you what it is. Well, there we have got... It's, it is, we've just watched the Wednesday episode. Yes. And we still don't know what's happening Friday. Right. So there's got to be some kind of big thing happening on the Friday episode. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Mm. I, and, and usually we hear about it at least one episode, usually three in advance. Well, maybe this one will be a surprise. Do we ever get to the election and the, the stage, the centennial stage? No. <laughs> I'd assume it would have happened in season two. But no, we do not. Oh my gosh. Isn't that sad? Yes, yes. (laughs) It is sad on so many levels. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, that's all right. There are lots of other exciting things that we do get. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. All right. Uh, Thank you to Richard Winsler and Steve Lane for the use of our theme song, Gotta Grow Up Sometime from the hit show Swans Crossing. And if you want to find us on social media, we're on Twitter at Gotta Grow Up Pod and on Instagram at Swans Cross Pod. And until we can see one another again, may the great Mumba Jumba gong all of your entrances. (laughs) Yes, bye. Lord of the Warriors. Mm-hmm.